Welcome to the last, not NFL season edition of the PFF forecast. It is September 8th. We have Mina Kimes to um, end the off season, push us into what is going to be an incredible NFL season. Um, she's awesome. Obviously we do a lot of NFC West talk because that's what we originally wanted to talk about, but we also hit the other tricky to pick divisions. We do some Stafford and some Rams conversation, which is really good. We talk about which Super Bowl team is more likely to make it back, who their biggest threats are, a bold prediction, and of course, a recommendation for me to Kimes. You do not want to miss it. Let's rock. All right, um, these hats, they look ridiculous. It's Mina Kimes' birthday, so we're wearing the hats. Okay. Hopefully she notices, because if not, we're just going to look like fucking idiots wearing hats. Um, but that's also a good way of describing us. Are you excited? Yeah, she, she's... Uh, no, I mean for, for football. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course I'm excited. I'm actually... So, I... It's been, like, crazy. Like, every single person thinks that they like want to talk football this week right so like i've turned down a decent number of like radio hits and stuff it's just like you had the these games have been on the schedule since what like may yeah. you've had you've I'm had ready for them to be played exactly but um but yeah it's it's fun i mean i'm excited for the i'm excited to watch this sounds stupid but i'm excited about the jet watch the jets play of course you are i'm excited to watch cleveland kansas city i think that'll be a great game obviously thursday night will be fun i think it'll be I mean, have you seen the ATS record for Super Bowl champions? I've, I've heard it referenced. It's something what is like it exactly? fourteen four and two, or yeah. something like crazy. I I don't remember. Don't quote me on it. But somebody said it to me when I was on the other day. It doesn't look good for Dallas tomorrow. The night. last one I remember not covering was ironically the Patriots against the Chiefs, right? Yeah, and they lost out. Right, they were nine point favorites in that game. Yep. Imagine that. Think about that. Like that's. Yeah, I yes. That, that was that's the great. game. That was the game where the Patriots were preparing for Mahomes, and Alex Smith yeah. came out there and lit their ass and on lit, fire. Lit them, lit Kareem them. Hunt just ditching Cassius, Cassius Marsh in the dust. Yeah. So I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for obviously to get new data in. We get to finally see at least three of the rookie quarterbacks play. Um, we get to see some new coaches. It, it should be really fun, and I, I'm excited even for the Sunday night game where McVay. You know, we get to see what what's that, and he's, they're going to play a good defense in the Bears, and we get one half of Justin Fields after Andy Dalton poops yeah. himself. That'll be fun. I'm excited for obviously all the things you mentioned. You know, what I'm really excited for. I'm really excited for a season. Hopefully, I'm not wondering if each week things are going to fall off the table. And I hope that's true. Yeah. Right. We, obviously, fingers crossed. Hopefully, you know everyone's being smart out there. I'm really excited to, for player props this year. It wasn't something that I felt like we totally got to dive into as much as we wanted to last year. Um, that's going to be fantastic. I'm I excited. just love your commitment to selling products today. It was like the middle of uh, a talk with Mina, and now, now you're, you're you're pointing out that rightfully that I can look and find Damian Harris receiving yardage prop three and a half yards uh, up on our prop stool. At PFF. sizable edge. Yeah, and you can get it for 30% off. Only a few days left of that. Kickoff 30 is the promo code. You get 30% off. The props tool, um, the obviously the betting dashboards, which if you're going to watch college football, like that's the only way to do it. Um, and we are going to do our 
spread picks preview episode live after Thursday night football. So after Bucks Chiefs, we'll be down here live. And that's when we'll do our lock of the week um, decision. We're going to talk about all the different games that we're going to bet. We'll probably try and do some props if there are any up. Um, if you're looking for props content or betting content for tomorrow's game, uh, we've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. And the there's game, good stuff on PFF.com. Yeah, the spread's eight and a half. Don't lay eight and a half. It was six and a half. It was six and a half. You know, we would we did write that up earlier. I mean, seven's worth a lot, folks. Here's the thing. And this is this is part of the fun, too. If you have some money in your sportsbook account, like enough to like, you know, that you don't want to bet it on college football, let's say, or whatever, this is a teasable line. So Tampa, you can te- if you've missed out on Tampa already, you can tease, tease them, them through seven, through three, down to two and a half. If you think they're going to win by a field goal or more, go ahead and do that. And then there's plenty of games this Sunday that are teasable. That's the only thing I want to talk about for betting in this spot. And uh, you can go check out our week one um, article on pff.com where we talk about teaser options with the Bucks and a few other uh, prop and a couple other games as well. Before we get to Munich Himes, um, I mentioned the kickoff 30 promo code. This is whether you are a better or a fantasy player. The wide receiver cornerback matchup chart just got a complete overhaul. It's so much easier to use. It's got some new features. You can look at um, wide receivers versus entire defenses and individual matchups. You get projected snaps against all the different players they might face. All of the great data from PFF, where they've lined up, where the corners have lined up, height, weight, speed, PFF grade, the whole thing. Go check it out on pff.com. The DFS optimizer is now live. All the things that you need in season, plus rankings from Nathan Yaki, number two in Fantasy Pros, and all of our other great rankers, Ian Harditz, Dwayne McFarlane, um, Kevin Cole, the whole group um, up there on pff.com. And you can get it for 30% off, which means that's seven freaking bucks. Go make it happen. Um, Also, Fantrax, if you somehow still need to get a fantasy draft in, Go do it on Fantrax. You can do multi-team trades, player salary, contract options, the whole deal. Fantrax.com slash PFF to get a chance. You should just start a league just to get a chance to win a regular season tri- uh, a trip to any game of your choice plus $6,000, which means you're going to Vegas and <laughs> you're going to have a blast. Promo code is PFF at Fantrax.com slash PFF. If you're looking for some regular betting opportunities, DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook app have you covered it's the official sports betting partner of the nfl if you use promo code pff you can get an opportunity to participate in this no-brainer offer which is they move the spread of tampa bay to plus 73 for all customers so go in get um the opportunity to win a, your first bet of the season um there's also a new customer 200 dollars of free bets instantly with promo code pff you can get all of those things and i'll also shout this out there's a DraftKings super contest like contest where you pick five games against the spread it is fifteen hundred dollars to enter we may or may not be entering just saying um if you're looking for something that doesn't require you to go to vegas to sign up this uh is the thing go to DraftKings and check that out that was free by the way i gave that to them for free you must be 20 or older in jersey indiana pennsylvania only free bet promotion for new customers only minimum five dollar deposit maximum wager limit supply one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details if you have a gambling problem call 100 gambler or in indiana 1-800-9 with it and last but not least um we've been getting a little raunchy at points talking about um, one of our favorite tools the Manscaped oh. Lawnmower 4.0. Tools for your family jewels. Yeah. And I, I just want to say, I, I'm not going to mention any anything um, other than I use the product. I used it a, 
couple days ago. I traveled with it. I traveled with it again. The battery didn't run out. It's beautiful. I can't say how simple that is. Well, you two are really hitting it off. It matters. Just the battery, not, together. the battery not running out for multiple trips. It's incredible. <laughs> yes, I get it. Um, the, the lawnmower 4.0 um, plus like the crop preserver, the deodorant, um, all those things are actually really He's high quality. staring at George trying to get him to laugh. Yeah, it's it's impressive. But I'm just saying, manscaped.com, promo code PFF. I legitimately use it. I used it before they did uh, did promo codes on here. And um, I still use it. Yeah, I, I obviously needed it sent to me before I could appreciate it. But it's good. Even a schlub like me uses it. So Even a, even a guy in a Minnesota hoodie and a birthday hat uses it. Uh, manscaped.com, promo code PFF, 20% off and free shipping. And now, meet cops. There is no better way to... Uh, get prepared last minute for the NFL season than to have a um, returning guest. By the way, first time we had Mina Kimes on this podcast was in the super at the Super Bowl. That's right. right. Before, uh, right mm. before the world shut down. So welcome back, Mina. How's it going? Good. Did I say the Chiefs would win? I don't remember. I, I think that, well, that game was like a pick em, So like everybody was kind of like, mm. I'm just here to have fun. I, I feel like that was like everybody's <laughs> take. Can I say this? The only pick that I remember was Kevin Clark, who was very on board with Niners defensive line, wins the game. Mm. And that's Shout out to Kevin Clark. That's how you knew that the Chiefs are going to win. <laughs> he also called Sammy Watkins JD Drew, which I I think is honestly a perfect comp. But but yeah, that those were the days. And then we had you on last year, right around the Jamal Adams trade, right? And yeah. that was one that that was a hotly contested trade that Hasn't worked out yet, but it had like like everything with the Seahawks. It wasn't a, it ultimately in hindsight it wasn't great, but the Seahawks were still good. Like it seems weird. What happens when you have a top five quarterback? It's crazy. What so we were I think all trying to be optimistic about that trade, and we're going to get into it this year in a second. But hindsight, looking back on it, were we too optimistic about it? Was I really optimistic? I feel like I went with good player, bad value. I might be yeah. no, mistaking I, how I represented oh, it. We definitely did, but we okay. really emphasized the potential of the good player. Yeah. Like him being a multifaceted player that could play coverage, you know, could play multiple spots. And that certainly hasn't well, quite manifested itself yet. Yeah, they're a year in though. I feel like it's, I, I feel like there's still, they still have plenty of time. I wish if I was a Seahawks fan, I wish they would have signed him last year at this time as opposed to now, but you know, so is life, right? He was, I mean, I think the coverage thing is obviously the question and given how much better he was in coverage with the jets, right? I assume I don't have the PFF in front of you. I assume last year was his worst year. Um, one would think he would bounce back a little bit based on the past. I think a lot of it is also contingent on how he's used and what they do on defense. Uh, are we having the Seahawks talk now? Or are we jumping into the division? I we, feel why, like this is, Yeah, let's not? talk about the NFC West. We might as well. It's the best division in football. As it should be. <laughs> um, let's. So this was what I was thinking we would do. We would start with, um, well, not start with, but we'd go division by division and try to get to who we think the division winner is going to be in these hotly contested divisions. So let's start with the NFC West and let's start with the Seahawks. Mina, do you think that they are going to be the division winner? What's their path um, to making that happen for them? Cop out answer. I think that uh, it's a 1A, 1B, 1C with the uh, the Seahawks. Probably, I go Rams, Seahawks, Niners, but 
I also think like as evidenced by the fact that I split it into letters, it could really go either way. So I have a slight lean Rams, but I, I do think it would be not surprising if Seattle wins. The, with the Rams, like I, I get the appeal, right? I think McVay is terrific. You know, Stafford should be better than what he was in Detroit and he should be better than golf. The defense it has some great pieces. Do you worry about the downside with that team, given that they're extremely top heavy and, you know, we even saw like, and this is silly to do, but like we even saw like in a one game microcosm when Aaron Donald couldn't play half a game against the Packers yeah, kind of all went kaput. Like when I look at that roster, I look and I'm like, there's not a lot of great players. There's not a lot of good players in this team. There's a lot of great players relative to the rest of the league, but a lot of like, are they fragile? Totally. Yeah. No question. They're fragile. I mean, if you, if you take out Donald or Ramsey, it all goes out the window. I think on offense, they're reasonably deep at wide receiver. Um, the offensive line is really where they're thin. And it's an area that they chose not to bolster this offseason, which was interesting in the draft. Uh, they went two two out well, giving Deshaun Jackson insurance, basically, which I understand to some degree. But this is an offensive line that bounced back last year, but still, you know, Andrew Whitworth is actually 39, 40. Uh, so it, it, I would say across the board, but it's especially on the inside, if they were to lose a player, it would be a problem for them. Here's my question based on your ordering. So uh, let me start with this. At quarterback, most important position, What, how close in your mind is Matt Stafford with Sean McVay? Yeah. Russell Wilson? I think Wilson and there's also the question of which Russell Wilson are we seeing, right? Are we seeing first half of 2020 Russell Wilson? Second half. Does the addition of Shane Waldron and the slight McVeighification of this offense bring out a better Russell Wilson? So there's a little bit of an unknowable aspect there. If he is the Wilson of the first half of last season, which, well, last first half of last season, he was, you know, top two, one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFL. I Not would say. Either. Yeah. So, you know, assuming and we've got a pretty large sample size with Wilson, assuming he's a top five quarterback, which I think is fair. Um, I think McVay plus Stafford probably puts him in that eight to 12 range would be my guess, just based on who we have seen, what the Matt Stafford that we've seen. Yeah. Um, maybe I would say maybe eight, actually not the 12 seems a little low. So he's not as good, but he is a lot better than he's been. I mean, so, do you think as a, as a lifelong Seahawks fan and, and, and somebody who's, <laughs> who's dealt with the frustration, I didn't know. Uh, frustration. No, no. Cause, cause the interesting thing is, is Carol's a Carol's an institution there. Right. And I firmly believe that in a humanistic sense, he does a good job. I think from a tactical sense, he doesn't, doesn't do a good job. Is this the perfect marriage though? Is this like the, because we saw that graph that somebody at NFL was an action stat showed that the more you run outside zone, the better you do at play action. Mm. Like maybe for all this time, we were mad at the Seahawks for running too much and they're still going to run too much. But is, is this the best way they do? Like if they, if they go about it, this You're way, talking about the fact that they brought Shane Waldron in, he was a Russell Wilson tabbed guy. And, and maybe and Carol, there. Carol gets like fidgety when they pass too much. Right. And maybe, maybe this is the best bridge. If, if they're going to tolerate Carroll and the way he is, 
and they, they want to enhance Russell Wilson while living within those confines. Is this the, maybe the best way we're going to see them do it? I think so. I, I also think the Carroll thing's a little bit overblown, frankly, like this was one of the past heaviest offenses in football last season, even in the second half of the season, when things kind of fell apart, there's this sort of narrative that, Oh, Pete Carroll smashed the run button. That's not really what happened. They, like Russell Wilson just played poorly. Um, a lot of things went wrong and, and, you know, it was kind of started with the giants game and the, the reason why Seattle struggled against the too high stuff in the second half of the season, there are many reasons for that. Um, and obviously you do want to run the ball efficiently, efficiently against those looks, but I think Carol's worst. I mean, the things you can criticize him on, I would say some of the fourth down decision-making is, is a bigger issue, but, um, he has shown in the willing uh, a willingness to let the offensive coordinator take the wheel last season being the most recent example. And then defensively, I think that this is a team that's done a, a pretty decent job with some pretty significant holes, uh, particularly last year it was in the front, you know, it, it, since the Legion of Boom days, they've kind of skied beyond their tips. Is that the expression? Anyways. Um, I think he's done a nice job on that side of the ball. So I don't know. I, I think he gets kind of a bad rap personally. Yeah. I, I, I think he gets more out of like, and I, I, it's hard to quantify, but I do think he gets more out of players that other coaches would get less out of. Like, I think from a, from motivation, like it, it's, it's clear that there's something going on there beyond just Russell Wilson being great. I do think they, I do think they get the stars and scrubs approach doesn't work for very many coaches, except for, you know, Carol, which, which is a, you know, I, I think it's a feather in his cap, even though tactically he's not great. Yeah, but it, it helps when your star is a top five quarterback and has been for mm-hmm. it does. I'm I'm not years, saying it's worth like a full win. I'm just saying different. it's I'm saying he's positive, right? Like also, can I just call out that you talking about the humanistic approach to coaching while wearing a tiny happy birthday hat? <laughs> birthday is pretty funny. I think they're not I think they're lost per- on me. I think they're perfectly correlated with each other. <laughs> There's frankly. a little tin foil on the inside of the hat that keeps the mm. thoughts coming. Okay. So Matt Stafford, I, I think there are some people that are automatically penciling Matt Stafford into the MVP conversation, top three, top four. Um, and those people presumably are skipping him over. I think Russell Wilson a little bit, because you think of who else is in there, right? You've got Mahomes, you've got Rogers, you've got Brady. Um, I think that's a little ridiculous to be, to be perfectly honest. And so I would agree. And I would say, okay, Russell Wilson firmly better than Matt Stafford. So then how do, how do the Rams make up that gap? Because they lost Brandon Staley. Yeah, they still have a better defense. So even without Brandon Staley, I mean, they have two of two, like historic, I'll say Jalen Ramsey. I, I put him in that category. They have two of the guys who are the best in their positions in football, right? And beyond that, they have decent depth throughout. Darius Williams really emerged last year. Obviously the John Johnson loss is huge. You heard a lot about that. So there's got, they've got the young guys, Jordan Fuller, Looked really good last year, but it's still a tall order to replace John Johnson. Um, and then up front, you know, Floyd, is he going to be as good as last year? I think obviously playing next to Aaron Donald, he's going to be good no matter what. There is a question mark at the other edge rusher spot. Inside linebacker is a bit of a question mark. But Raheem Morris has done a good job. I mean, uh, basically – Last few years, it's certainly Atlanta recently with a lot less. And even if they're not as good last year, they're still a top 10 group in the league. I don't think Seattle has a top 10 defense. So 
I, I guess I'm picking the Rams over Seattle because I view them as being a bit more balanced, even with some defensive regression baked in. Um, that said, I expect the Seahawks offense to be better. I expect them to be the best in the division. I'm just not, there's just such big problems there in the secondary cornerback in particular um, that I can't really put them above them. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's how the markets are are, are playing this. And I think that's fair. When the team that has at many times been the favorite in this division, you know, depending upon where you look, San Francisco, which right? It's hilarious. Which I think people have pulled back a little bit. Pinnacle Sports, they were the third most likely team to win the Super Bowl as late as a month ago. Now Bizarre. they're kind of in that hodgepodge of teams that includes the aforementioned Rams, uh, you know, Browns, Ravens, we'll talk about in a second. What do you think of San Francisco? Hold on. Before we get to San Francisco, you mentioned the secondary for the Seahawks. There may be some people out there that don't have a PFF subscription yet, by the way. Kick yeah. off 30, 30% off. Just saying. Let me let me read you. This is secondary. important, to you, by the way, because he interrupted me talking about the nine. Right. Yeah. Jesus Which means this matters. Matter. Trey Flowers, 54.4 PFF grade last year. Marquise Blair playing. In the he's, he's good. He is good. He was hurt last year. He's a good. He's a hitter. He is a hitter, yes, which is what you need um, in the slot um, against Tyler L- or against uh, Cooper Cup, I should say. And then DJ Reed Jr., who actually played he pretty was well, good. yeah, uh, but is a that... you know it's like is a smaller guy that ran a four five, and yeah, like I just think back to I think back to that Packers game in the playoffs where Ugo Amadi was lined up in the slot against Devontae against Adams. I know. I I think there's a potentially still some chips to fall as it pertains to cornerback in Seattle. Just sprinkle a little breadcrumbs there. But um, yeah, corn, like cornerback is the issue of this team. I'll say since we're kind of transitioning into the Niners, you want to talk about fragility, that secondary, holy smokes. Like what are the odds that, I don't know what right now, if you read the depth chat, what are the odds that all of those guys are starting week three or four? Yeah, I, my not particularly not high. high. <laughs> I, I guess I guess my concern is is how much it matters for Seattle versus how much it will matter for LA, right? Because yeah, I agree with you. The defense for Seattle, I mean, is a our boss Neil Horn a trolley ride away from being the worst defense in the NFL if if they have a couple like injuries. But like the difference that you described between Wilson and Stafford I think is big enough to like oh you know to cover like I think magnitudes are bigger here you know what I mean like but I agree with you sure. I mean, Seattle, Seattle's defense I mean but it's been this way for five years I, well I would say the front seven is probably the best front seven I would, the loss of KJ Wright is not great but um the pass rush is definitely the deepest pass rush they've had in a minute and I know you know there's it, it feels a little bit like a poo-poo platter approach like oh maybe Kerry Hyatt will be good again and they bring back Dunlap who was decent last year but in like I'm I'm high this is god I sound like such a goddamn homer I'm high on Daryl Taylor and Puda Ford <laughs> no but I, I it's all relative because honestly last season when Wilson was destroying worlds in the first half the pass rush was literally non-existent this year they look competent so I'm not so Russell Wilson doesn't have to be the best quarterback in football, Eric, as you're saying. If he's a top five quarterback, that's probably good enough. Yeah, right. And that and that's always that to me is where the faulty thing is with the Rams, which is as you said, Mina, I agree with you. I don't think the Rams fall out of the top 10 defensively, but there's 
in the season that you are the number one defense, there is, it covers so much, like the margin for error for your quarterback, as Jared Goff demonstrated is so big Mm -hmm. that if you like the fall from one to eight, let's say is it it puts so much more pressure on your offense. And I wonder, I think we're, we've all established Stafford's better. Is he that much better to even get the, the Rams back to where they were last season which kind of is like not a fringe playoff team, but a team that kind of needed to win week 17 to make the playoffs. And that's kind of the, the, the rub. Whereas with Seattle, like we've seen this all happen before their defense has perturbations. Russ bails them out. You know, uh, Pete Carroll makes a bad fourth down decision. Russ bails them out. And like it, to me, I just see that that method as frustrating as, a, as it might be for Seahawks fans is so much more tried and true than it is for like a look our defense is number one overall we're going to subtract from that a little bit to add to the offense hopefully the defense stays the same and the offense can emerge like to me that that almost always fails and so that that's again i guess my case for seattle this is a big reason why offense is more stable year to year is if you got a quarterback i mean has seattle ever finished outside the top 10 in dvoa in the russell wilson era in offense i i don't even when people wanted to kill Daryl Bevel, you'd point to the efficiency. And, and then, of course, that raised the question, well, how much is Bevel? How much is Russ? Whatever. But my point is, like, if you got the quarterback, and you know he's the quarterback, I think for Stafford, there's a little bit of an unknown. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's, that's an interesting thing. When I look at these two um, in comparison to one another, there's this sense of optimism and projection that you have with the Rams that you don't have with the Seahawks and everyone loves, you know, the unopened, the mystery box, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I definitely, I want to see that and imagine that there is a million dollars in there and I can put the talented Stafford, no look throws from Detroit. And I can then see those added on to all of the open throws that McVay schemed up. I think you know, maybe more so in his first, the first part of his tenure. And then there's some question around like, yeah, was, did golf just become really bad all of a sudden or did that scheme not the Rams have also done evolve. a lot. The Rams have also like are an edge case now in how to build a team. So there's also the uncertainty there where there's such a novelty as far as, you know, we haven't seen since the Washington football team in the Lombardi era, like a team literally just say, we're going to go a decade without first round picks. And like, I also think there's a mystery there. Like people are intrigued by this approach because it's really never done, been done before at, when all of us are paying attention. Right. Even though I think most of us are like, ah, oh, that kind of looks negative EV to me. Like it's still intriguing to your well, point about ma- the mystery box. It makes it easier to be optimistic because we know who all the players are. Whereas I'm like, how about Daryl Taylor? He's going to really change the game, you know, with third target. Yeah, Eskridge, not that the Seahawks have luxuriated in draft picks, you know, as of late, but yeah, I think with the Rams, there's that there. I mean, they've, they've definitely got the narrative off season winner thing going on. Um, and like I, I picked them to win, so I'm not pessimistic on them. I just think it's going to be really close. There's, so, there's a little bit of the, well, we just saw Brady go to a new team. Hmm. They, they figured it out. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, hold on, like real quick, one second. You're Tom Brady and Matt Stafford. They're not like, it's not an arm's length. It's not a uh, hop across the country. It's like a galaxy away. That, well, that's, that's Forget the- Brady versus Stafford. 
Tom walked into like one of the most stacked rosters in the NFL and, and the Rams do have a good roster, but compared like the bucks are, were so deep mm-hmm. and young and ascendant and the Rams are not necessarily those things. It's a very different situation separate from the quarterback play. And I know we want to move on to the Niners, but real quick, Mina, what's your take on the Rams methodology of team building? Because, I mean, you cover this team closely. Obviously, you do that. You're part of the Ramley. Yeah, you're part of the Ramley. I did a fantastic job, by the way, with uh, Keith Tlaib and uh, our buddy. It was, was, yeah. Has there been a better preseason, like, play-by-play group? Or just a play-by-play group in general? Keith Tlaib is fucking awesome. Yeah, He's the best. He's also, I I just, the nicest dude on earth. Nicest dude. Um, The the team building, though. I, I, I think the truth is somewhere in between where I think, maybe certainly over the last 10 years, we've kind of overweighted draft picks. We, the NFL, and I think there is something to what the Rams have done um, in terms of going with, I mean, it's really about vo- draft volume. I would say not because we all know like no team can consistently draft well on a long-term basis, but um, I think this, there's approach is obviously quite extreme. And when you do that, you're not, it does, will it kind of work in the long term? I don't think so. I don't, I think they know that they're aware of that. Um, but if you pick the right players, it makes sense. Right. But, I yes. mean, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I do, I do wonder if this is sort of the, the gambler who has struggled at a bunch of even money bets and is now laying humongous money on favorites to try to get some of that money back. But, but and, making it a parlay and and hmm. possibly making it a parlay, but also just like the Ramsey trade worked. I mean, Ramsey's mm-hmm. good. It worked. Um, you know, yes. Aaron Donald is a great player to build a defense around. Like these things are indisputable. It's just that one of these things is going to be a 90 10 bet. And we're all going to say, yeah, that's it's a pretty sure thing. And it's not going to be a sure thing. And the cost is going to be so immense that as you said, Mina, like they kind of know, they know that that's coming. They're just buying time. And look, if they go to another Super Bowl, Snead and McVay have that time. So the that's Buc- kind of the gamble that they're making. The Bucks are, again, everyone always points to the Bucks and Brady and every quarterback covets that now. And we look at it, but that, have you guys looked at their 2022 cap? Like, yeah, it's-, <laughs> it's coming, it's coming, but they're fine with that. They made that decision. And I think if anything, similarly to the Rams or whatever, I guess the Saints with Breeze, um, I think teams with star quarterbacks already would be served to do a little bit more of that and a little bit less of, you know, trying to build this like long-term sustainable success. I mean, you bring up a fantastic point, Mina. other teams like that. The, the bucks were a team that almost never gave out signing bonuses before this run. Mm-hmm. And as such had one of the healthiest caps in football, but that's sort of meaningless if you don't have the horses. And they, they've identified this as their window, and they're going to try to win a couple of Super Bowls during it. And the p- bill's going to come due. But I guarantee you most Bucks fans will say it's worth it. So I, I, agree, I agree with you 100% Mina, on that one. Like, Absolutely. Um, okay, let's <coughs> move on to uh, the San Francisco 49ers, who actually, and I want your reaction to this, Mina, are the favorite okay. right now to win this division. What's your reaction to that? I obviously don't agree. I had them at 1C. I also think it's pretty dicey to name a team the favorite when they don't have 
one starting quarterback in place, and it's still a question mark. I that said, I am a known Chana Stan. I was a huge advocate of Trey Lance and that move, and uh, I continue to think it was the right move. Um, I just think it's a year early to call them the favorite. And, and as far as the defense goes, you know, so unhealthy. I, I imagine this is kind of the market saying, ah, they were so unhealthy last year. Guys are coming back. That's true, but just because that secondary is playing doesn't, as we've discussed, doesn't mean there um, there's durability there. And I kind of have to like, let's re this is to me is the let's revisit this in week eight team. The year early thing makes a ton of sense. Um, you mentioned the Trey Lance move and you thought it was the right move. And I assume that means over fields and obviously over Mac Jones. Why? Oh, not over fields. No, I had them taking fields. So, um, yeah, no, I, I meant versus we spent so much time, like assuming it was Mac and he's looked excellent in the preseason, but I think the upside you get of pairing, this is not a particularly original take, but it's whatever, how I feel the upside of pairing the most devastating run game designer and potentially the history of the sport with a quarterback who, I watched all of his college games is a human battering ram with incredible top end speed. It's just too tantalizing. Now, does he have to work on his, you know, down to down accuracy He's a little bit erratic inexperienced? Sure. But the ceiling on that offense, if Lance is anywhere close to where I think his potential is based on what I've seen, based on, we got a little glimpse of in the preseason, I think is just extraordinary. You watched all five of his college games. That's impressive. You were <laughs> no one worked on kind. Hey, uh, it's hard to get the, yeah. that central Arkansas. He, and that was the first game I watched. And I was like, Oh no, the 2020 game. And then I went back and watched the 2019 game. The, the weird thing about him was I can't remember. I can't remember if it was 46 or 26, but he had an outrageously low number of plays where his team was trailing in his college career, yeah. like less than 50. And you're like, man, this is a projection. Like, this is really where you have to, because, like, I don't think I can offer anything as an analyst. Like, I, like, what are we working with here? It's sort of like the Mitchell Schwartz, like, look at his third and sixth place. Okay, well, you filter out an ultimate. It's Jeff. like N equals Jeff. seven. Jeff no, it's um, Mitchell. His oh, it's Mitchell? Yeah. He was like, I know all I need to know about a quarterback on third and six. And it's like, you filter down, and it's like, Trey Lance is like N equals four. <laughs> like, oh, hey. <laughs> You know, like you have to have a trained eye to yeah, pick out yeah. what a quarterback is after four plays. What I mean, so that's I, I think we're all in a in alignment. You can't not be in alignment with the take that Trey Lance is a huge projection. So what do you do with him? What's the what's the optimal pathway for the 49ers mm. this year? Is right. it is it Jimmy G? Is it when does Trey Lance need to come in? Because it's not as if they picked him at, at 12 or 15 you know, or, or 11 or 15, wherever it was that, that fields went, they traded two first round picks to move up to three to, to get him. The other guys are starting. Yeah. I think he starts soon. I think the fact that he's not, I mean, the second they kept Jimmy on the roster at 25 or whatever million, you knew that he was probably going to start or at least take the majority of reps for the first few weeks. And you also saw in, certainly in the preseason, that a reason for discomfort with what Trey brings to the passing game. Um, you know, I mean, it's a lot of fastballs and, and then every now and then he'll throw like a perfect deep ball, like the over to Sherfield. You 
you're a Niners fan. I'm sure you remember that. I think it was the first um, big play of, yep. of the preseason for Trey. It was perfectly placed. And that's that's what he would look like in college too. Um, but you also saw in those final two drives, like, oh, right, Kyle could probably call all runs and they would still move the ball down the field within the offense. I don't think he wants to. And I think he wants also some comfort um, he, he wants to be sure that Trey is not going to turn the ball over. And I think that is an issue at the moment. It wasn't an issue in college, of course, when he had literally zero interceptions. But um, in the NFL, with the windows he's throwing into, even in the Shanahan offense, it is an issue. And I think he does, Shanahan and just generally that team, there's like discomfort with that. So I think it's like actually a matter of simply getting him reps, which he has not had for a year until you know, it, it starts out where it's like 80% Jimmy, 20%. And then you just sort of, it, this is how I suspect it might play out. You see that ratio shifting to the point where the tray packages are just the offense. And I think that's the best case scenario for the Niners because not only do like, do you know what the ceiling is with Jimmy? I didn't think he looked very good in the preseason candidly. Um, so, you know, you want Trey to take the reins of this offense sooner rather than later. Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy is a notably um, not a good practice player. I just want to make Remember that Remember the Broncos preseason clear. game in 19 where he looked like me <laughs> looked throwing like the ball? never played quarterback yeah. before. Who could forget the five-pick practice, the infamous – was it five or six? It was something So I stopped crazy. counting after three. That's yeah. when I fell, fell down and so, fainted. So the, the interesting thing about this team, though, is – and I think why they're in this mix, easiest schedule in all football, right? Like mm-hmm. one where – May, like especially early like you start on the road against Detroit you start on the road against the Eagles like that's a gift horse right there for you if you're the Niners and then you have three games against <laughs> you have three games against decent teams and then a bye I do I previously said and I think I'm wrong actually I previously said that if you start Jimmy G week one you're you're starting him for a while but actually I think they if they if Kyle's pragmatic enough i think to if they go two and zero on the road and then the next three games i think packers trying to think of the other one seahawks maybe another one and then arizona i think are the three after that if you go let's say one and two in those games you go into the bye i do think they make a change and if they go into the bye let's say you know three and two and then trey comes out of that and then they have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way i mean mina what do, what does that make you think as far as this team's ceiling and, and floor i think that there was it Stephen reese who wrote about the niners season with kaepernick and him making i think he did a piece about that which was excellent um i think that's the ceiling i totally could see it playing out that way for san francisco now as i mentioned again like i do think the secondary is going to be a problem down the stretch um you know, we're talking about a players, a bunch of players who have just not been healthy over the course of their careers or seasons. But I, I think that if Trey is even a slightly improved version of the guy we saw in the preseason because of the play design, because of the skill players, because of everything around him, that offense is just a nightmare. I, 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 I keep saying this. I feel like it's corny, but like, no defensive player wants to play Trey Lance. They all want to play Jimmy Garoppolo. It's weird, right? Like, can two things co- coexist at the same time and both be correct? Kyle Shanahan thinks Jimmy gives them their best chance to win, but also every defense wants to play Jimmy. Like, it doesn't quite make sense, but it's true. I get, I've talked to 
defensive players around the league. They do not want to play Trey Lance. Like every coordinator who watched what the Niners put on tape and those uh, that quarter in the preseason now has so much more work to do. And it uh, probably sent chills down their spines, frankly, watching the combination of Lance and Mostert in particular is just so devastating. Um, I feel like I, I know I sound like I'm being hyperbolic, but I don't think I am. I don't think people understand how, like, I mean, it's, it, I guess they do understand. You watch the Ravens the last yeah. four years. That's the closest analogy. Uh, now imagine like Lamar's gigantic. Yeah, it's the it's the bias variance trade-off, right? Like, I think the mean for Garoppolo, it, people believe the mean is a little higher, but the fact is, is like a Lance quarterback team can blow you out, right? And like, yeah. that to me, I think, and and players, especially coaches too, like just don't like to get embarrassed. And like, there aren't that many defenses who I think are worried that the Niners with Garoppolo can embarrass them, even though it's it happened a lot in nineteen. They're they're just like they might they could be unstoppable with Lance. The 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 other issue, of course, is there are games that Garoppolo probably won't lose the Niners just because you know I think about like the twenty nineteen playoffs where. Kyle just was like, okay, we're just running the ball the rest of the second half. Yeah, I mean, they were up, yeah. huge in all those games. Whereas with Lance, the impetus might be to do what Kyle did in the Super Bowl with, with Matt Ryan and continue throwing because it's fun and you're really good at it. But then, of course, the variance can come in with Lance where even though he's really good at creating positive plays, he's still at this well, point right now is a risk to produce more negative plays than Jimmy, in my, it, to, in my to, opinion. To bring it back to Mac Jones, because this was, of course, the debate pre-draft, I think Mac Jones, to me already, he looks actually like a little bit, certainly I think the upside is higher than Jimmy Garoppolo based on what we've seen. We haven't seen a lot. But I think what you're saying holds true. With If they had stuck with Mac Jones, you could safely say, this Niners team is going to win a lot of games and they're going to beat bad defenses. But are they going to be good defenses where the quarterback's being confused or being, you know, chased out of the pocket, God forbid, eh, it gets a little dicey. And then with Trey Lance, it's like not a guarantee that you're going to beat the bad teams necessarily right now, but you stand a hell of a lot better chance of beating the good defenses, in my opinion. I, I will just say this when, because I mean, obviously I'm a Kyle Shanahan fan as well, Shanahan Stan, whatever you Shana want to call Stan, it. Yeah. Um, my, my buddy Eric over he's here. Okay. I was going to say he's okay. My buddy Eric over here, a little bit of a hater, but wow. Don't yeah. like that. Yes. I, we could do a whole podcast on this. Wow. By the way. But my take on it is if you drop Trey Lance back to pass 40 times against a bad team, then sure, you have a chance to lose that bad team. Right. But you're never going to do that. The, the way that that run game would look with the quarterback, and this is the thing about you brought up the Ravens, and it's a good point. Lamar Jackson has not been an above average thrower of the football from an accuracy standpoint, or even really that close. And it, it didn't matter a whole lot because the quarterback run is so efficient. That was with a Ravens team that did not have a single wide receiver. That yes. knows. The, the Niners have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and, and George Kittle. like And Kyle Shanahan, who's a much better pass game designer than Greg Roman. And, and that was the other thing about Lance in the preseason. It's like, none of this means anything. Like the dude, the, the, Players, the windows he's throwing to are going to be so radically different when defenses have to account for him keeping the ball. This is pointless. Like, yeah, sure, he threw it too fast, whatever. That dude's not going to be covered. The middle of the field is not going to be covered. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, 
I think the change happens sooner rather than later. And I think when it does, there's a high probability that it's going to work really well. Should we move on to another hotly contested division? Yes, George? as well. Well, hold on. We, we have to establish yeah, Arizona. <laughs> Mina is saying the Niners are the favorite in 2022. We've got that down in I'll writing. Say, I'll say that. I'll say I'm that. fully on board with it as well, I'll to be that. perfectly honest. Um, we're just going to write the Cardinals off like that? Yeah. Is that is that Cliff Kingsbury? George, you backpedal better than whomever's starting at corner for the Cardinals. I'm not going to say I am. I'm not going to be What's, that. Okay, let's, jerk, let's get but. out of here on this then. The Cardinals are clearly the fourth team in this four, this four horse. Yeah. Bigger issue. What is the biggest issue? for the Cardinals, both like this year competing, but maybe like this year, next year, slash the year after that. What's the biggest thing in the way for them? Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> um, hmm. And the secondary. Minus Buda Baker, who wished me happy birthday. <laughs> I, I think it was like, for me, the EGOT of being a trader because I'm a Rams analyst, a Shanna Stan, of course, a Seahawks fan, but I never, I've never gone to the dark side with Arizona until today. Buddha, never met you. For some reason, risked me happy birthday. Now I'm fully in the tank, but I am not in the tank for the rest of that defense uh, or team. I, I, I defense has weirdly been decent under. I, I would, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would go Cliff. Yeah, Cliff. If you want to talk about the dark side. I mean, he's, he's got to start going for some fourth downs. He's got to start like being, cause I, th I, Cliff is competent. Like that's his biggest issue, right? Like that, that the 2018 Arizona Cardinals were so incompetent that putting Cliff in there and going from four tenths of a yard per play worse than the next best, next worst team in the NFL to middle of the pack set expectations that we said, Oh, this is just going to be linear growth. When all, when all Cliff represented was in many ways, competent offensive play calling and a somewhat easier schedule to get them to middle of the pack True. or like bottom third, you know, which was a humongous shift. And then they started out hot last year because the quarterback's a good quarterback. Cause Kyler Murray's yeah. freaking impossible to tackle. And He's, then, and, but then yeah. we're all like, okay, what's next? And it's like, there's not anything next go play left wide receiver if, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, if Kyler Murray were starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, maybe they should have, Mina would have had them one a, right? <laughs> no, I mean, he, he, he's got to work on his intermediate passing, but um, although a lot of that is, I think related a lot of his problems there or lack of development stem from scheme. But I think, there, yeah, his that first year, his ability as a rusher covered up so many of the problems with that offense that we were kind of, I don't know, blind to it or something. And then, um, I think last year you really saw those limitations, and they're not again, those aren't Kyler Murray's limitations, those are the offense's limitations. Um, so I'm not super optimistic just because, like, this is a coach now has been in the NFL two years uh didn't have like a ton of success as a college coach either uh so you know him getting the job already was kind of a surprise and the, to me he is like the number one hot seat coach in the nfl right like realistic hot seat especially because they've got a young quarterback who everyone knows should be better than how this team has been performing i th i think you're right in it morally 
but I think <laughs> moral Brad, compass guy in the happy birthday hat. Yeah. The happy birthday hat. This is uh, this is pretty like I feel it's like great moral. You going to the gym? After wholesome. This, you rock that. You think I ain't? I think it'll stay on at the speed you run. See what I got to deal with. All right. <laughs> so the, but here's the issue. If you're going to bet this, I don't think Cliff is a good bet to be the first coach fired. And here's why. If you're Steve Kime, eventually, like, eventually you're the asshole, right? Like at some point you fired so many coaches, right? You've been through, you've gone through so many regimes. Like, I think that the only way that Cliff gets fired midseason is if it's like the Falcons where like both Dimitrov and, and Quinn go at the same time. Oh, wow. I don't see time firing Cliff because at some point the egg timer's going off and he's like, Oh wait, the, yeah, Steve yeah. Wilkes too. You know? And uh, you well, know, I think, yeah, this is, it's a clean sleep. Although Steve Khan also his birthday. I know this because Buddha Baker wished both of us a happy birthday. Um, but uh, one of these days Buddha's going to wish us a happy we're, birthday. We're he actually, hates PFF, we're actually though, wearing so this for Steve. Does he? Does he hate PFF? Yeah, his his not rating, you know, so it's not as high. Year. It's not as wow. high. Wow. Wow. The, the haters strike I again. He's, he's pretty consistent. Tyron Matthew, for example, another safety was very good. Tyron Matthew's more like up at, like he's more traditional and he likes the good stuff, hates the bad stuff. Yeah. I mean, Analytics King, Tyron Matthew. Yeah. Tyran with the R, the R uppercase, of course. I mean, he was the 12th Honey highest Badger rated R. safety, but I think a lot of people put him like top three yeah. or five pretty consistently um mm. safety's a hard position mm. to talk about with, with uh we grade chase getting caught from behind on interception returns very very negatively uh, really that no. wait oh i thought you were joking i thought you were talking to you. i was like that is insane <laughs> um that's how we do it wait 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 oh. but back up to the hot seat thing who do you think is more on the hot seat than uh Cliff Kingsbury because Zach Taylor gets to be in Cincinnati. So we can throw that one out of rel like, um, even though, you know, probably should, who else well, is there? I, so personally, I bet Nick Sirianni. No. Wow. I just like, Sacrificial. I don't see it, man. And they've done it before. <laughs> I just don't see it. Um, and I think hmm. that could be an absolute train wreck of a situation um well mike zimmer's on it mike sure. zimmer is mike zimmer, mike more zimmer might just quit though which and like go full he's already kind of having a bullworth moment which i'm really enjoying zimmer, this offseason he's trying to shoot the moon right now right because i love it i'm living i think it. he's like i'm tied at the hip with cousins and uh spielman but then like when cousins decided he wanted to go all q on everything he decided he's like look i'm going to actually look and say look rick you were the one that got kirk I never wanted him in the first place. <laughs> F everything. I'm going to hide under this. I'm going to play good defense and watch Kirk throw three interceptions and everybody's yeah. going to get fired except for me. Like, I feel like at some point he was, he was a company man when they did the Kirk thing and they'd done mm. the Spielman thing and they've all been at the hip and he saw an opportunity when the GM, like, <laughs> you know, the, the GM went rogue and got a bunch of one-year guys and cousins decided he didn't want to get vaccinated. He's like, this is my one chance to like, to throw everybody else off the boat. I think he's trying mm. it. I don't think it's going to work, but I do think that's his approach. That's why, look, his his press conferences are amazing now. Amazing. They're perfect. Incredible. And the Incredible. account tweets out his quotes, which are like basically <laughs> a daily fuck you, Kirk, every single day. It's hilarious. You must read those over and over and <laughs> over again. I would say, look, I would say McCarthy's probably the but, one. But oh, yeah, that's Philly good Philly take is a good one, though, because they, they fired their coach late. 
right? So they didn't got they did not get the pick of the litter. And Roseman's bold, man. And and I think that they're gonna say, Oh, this is a lemon and get off it because they got off of chip week 16 a year after he had consecutive 10 and six seasons like they're not that loyal i i i do think philly's under the radar um chicago's another one mina i think i i do if they start yeah right they start dalton five weeks and they go and they go mike glennon on the whole thing they're not gonna start in five weeks but but we to didn't me one week <laughs> No, to me, Nagy's like trying to time this perfectly for, like, because if Fields comes in and he actually wins some games, they probably can't fire yep. Nagy. I feel like uh, there's no way he starts five weeks. So that would be, I mean, you'd so that would just be a bummer for all of us. To but be honest, I, I yeah, I I agree with you, Mina. That if the world made sense, Cliff would be on the hot, would have the hottest seat. I do think the politics of it with an owner that is not is hesitant to fire every you know to fire mm-hmm. everybody would probably keep kime and then kime by extension is sort of like you know buddy but you know let's keep let's keep cliff around just because again like we don't want to make this look too dysfunctional around welcome here. joe brady okay let's do a speed round of other divisions that are not um easy to pick and uh you can um pick the one wow okay don't be you're social don't put out clips of me being provocative don't worry it's very provocative social you know that you don't you don't need it <laughs> definitely don't don't need it um mina mina's setting a trend here uh again by 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 preempt preempting this 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 social you know because it's like i can't remember was it evan silva who messaged us he's like thanks guys at least you didn't tag me this time yeah, it's we had like, to get we had to get on the tags and uh don't worry. You can, we're, we're you can... our, our social <laughs> George George uh will put the fear of God. In. I know how to take proof my takes or ag- ag- like you know but, but no we person. I we're will... gonna we're gonna pay we're gonna pay the tax here. We don't we want your best takes, so we're probably okay. Okay. okay, all right, all right. I, I, I promise my, true, my true takes. Subscribers <laughs> only. Okay. All right. The AFC East. PFF edgy. Um okay, just a winner. Yep. Or the order or, oh, Bills. Next, Second the place. next spot is tough though. Second place. Ugh, Dolphins fans are already so angry with me. They're just angry generally. And I don't know why. Um, great city. Uh, I am, I'm going Pats. I like that. I, I was going to ask you to take, where do you, how far away do you think the Jets are? Have you looked at the De- Jets defensive depth chart? I have. That's, that's how far they are. Okay. I the, the I I was early on the name the a Jets cornerback challenge. Other people have been doing that lately. But, so, uh, so my comeback is is Robert Salah last season was a very good defensive coordinator, despite the fact that that team had a lot of injuries. A lot of and injuries, but you knew us. the identity of humans on that team, and they had Fred Warner, um, who's a stud. But like the Jets. You didn't hear when, C- once, say he's a top five linebacker in the NFL. Once Lawson went down, all well, hope kind of left the building. Starting corner. I, I can't. <laughs> uh, I was going to say bless Austin because that's an hilarious name, but like he's a Seahawk I, now. Oh, he's no, a Seahawk. Isn't um, isn't the corner from uh, no. Virginia? Oh, Bryce Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall, yes. Yeah, I was going to say he, Brian Poole, but no, it's not even Brian Poole. No it's Bryce Hall. 
Lamar Jackson's on the practice squad. The other Lamar Jackson. And it's Bryce Hall. Incredible at Virginia, but um, he was ruptured his Achilles. Um, oh, they have Lamarcus Joyner. He's, I mean, look, he was good before he went to the Raiders. You could say that about a lot of people. Marcus May is a good football player, right? I, but but we we're didn't talking. say safety. <laughs> some some guy named Javelon Gidry. Do you think um, Emmanuel Acho thinks he plays high? I think it's ja- Jesus Christ. Next division. <laughs> that was that was a deep cut, but incredible. <laughs> yeah, That's why we're not cut. putting any of this on social. That's why this is PFF edgy. Yeah. Exactly. The AFC North. This is actually the hardest one for me, um, more than any other division. I've oscillated between the Ravens and the Browns a lot, especially with the spate of injuries in Baltimore. Those have, I, those have made me really nervous. I'm still picking Baltimore, but I think it's, it's, they're both playoff teams, but I think it's close. And then, and then uh, you'd have the Browns and then the Bengals and the Steelers. Pittsburgh three, leave me alone Steelers fans. <laughs> I look, I'm just saying, I think there's a chance. I think the Bengals have a nice, a nice little shot. Just saying. I think everyone hate everyone's mad because the preseason Joe Burrow didn't look as they wanted him to look. And I will fade that narrative until Kowski. The also the Bengals are very gooey at linebacker, but they're decent up front and they're (laughs) decent in the secondary. Very they are decent up front. They're a team where you look at the depth chart and you're like, oh, that's an NFL player. That that yeah, was my like, experience like of, of going through that. Yeah, you're like, like oh, oh shit. It's not bad. Uh, yeah. Eli Apple was decent at some places. And, mm. you know, like, yeah, they're, I think they'll struggle against teams that play heavier. But, like, if they play, I mean, if the Steelers try to come out with three wide receivers, it might look like it looked at Monday night out here in December last People year. People forget that happened. Um, NFC East. I'm pivoting to Washington. Welcome. I was Dallas until like a day ago. And then I just, what changed your mind? Just looking at the Dallas defense for too long. It was like a magic eye. And all of a sudden just, I was staring at it, staring at it, staring at it. And then all of a sudden just a giant piece of crap emerged. And I was just like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do this with the defense, man. Just the poop emoji. And uh, yes. (laughs) Um, I think the offensive line is pretty, fragile oh, you guys got me using your nerd words well, um, I mean, they're already dumping a point of point spread this week not only zach martin's actually really good yeah and then also yeah, right. continuity on offense is not there is, i not also uh, i said this um before but i'll just say it again mina i am looking forward so much to tom brady having like three months to prepare for the cowboys linebackers <laughs> Because I've watched, I've been watching Hard Knocks, and my big takeaway from Hard Knocks is like, holy shit, Mike Parsons annoys me, and it's going. Dude, he's really good though. I, I in the preseason game, I mean, it's preseason games, whatever. But I was like, Mina, can we talk about a defense in that division just briefly? Ex- yeah. What holds the Giants back? Is it Jones and Garrett and Judge? Ever held anyone back? I, mean, I would, I would say more than anything, it's their line, right? Do yeah. people not? Is that yeah. not the conventional wisdom with this team? Because because I think the defense for the Giants has the potential to be in the same category as the Washington football team's defense. Really? I don't agree with that. I, I think I the think, secondary is good. I think there's some older guys, but that they don't have the edge rush that Washington. Yeah, has. I mean, Aziz Ojolari is a good football player. We don't know yet. He's a rookie. Yeah. 
The Washington football team. Why Williams has is Montez Sweat and Chase Young and Jonathan Allen. What do you? Yeah, doing? but like, who plays? So, so if you look at the linebacker level, like I know he did, he wasn't great with Green Bay, but Blake Martinez was fantastic last year for the Giants. He has been good. Jabril he might have ended Cam Newton's career in New England with that. Jabril Peppers play. is awesome. Xavier McKinney is a good football player. Logan Ryan's a, a seems like a terrific human in addition to being a great player. Bradbury was the best free agent signing in the NFL last year. Adoree Jackson has been up and down, but as my number two corner, I'm fine with him. And Leonard Williams is a hoss. Like I think, and Patrick Graham, give me Patrick Graham over some guy that retweets Tucker Carlson any day out of the week. <laughs> Can't bring that in. Is he, is he the coach of the all? It's Kirk Cousins. We got <laughs> guy in birthday hat. <laughs> it's on Tucker Carlson. Uh, no I, I have to question political football takes in no, tin foil. No comment. Stick to sports. I find a flaw. I I'm not even going to try. I'm going to move. Okay. Really, I'm just I'm making the case for the Giants. It could be crap, but if you're betting the Giants, you get four and a half to one. If you're betting the the Washington football team now, it's two to like the Washington football team is the most popular like Are underdog they? bet in the division market right now. Like it, it is like they, and I get it. I do like that defense is awesome. I just wonder if at this point in time, you're not getting a great value betting them. Uh, true. Well, no, that's, that's a different question, but uh, I'll take them. for. The I was on the bandwagon early. You were. Thank you. Just want to let that be clear. Now I'm just, now I've got people, Dr. Carlson supporters, apparently just uh, hopping on the bandwagon. Okay. Um, Super Bowl rematch would be Chiefs Bucks. Which one are you more confident in making it back to the Super Bowl and why? Ooh, that's a good one. Because then you got to think about the conferences. I think it is more like it is so likely we're going to get not only a rematch of the Super Bowl, but a rematch of the conference championships, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, depending on how things shake out, of course, but I think the two best teams in each conference are those foursome. Mm, I'll go, I'll go cheese. I just can't, I just, as long as they have the unambiguous best quarterback in football, I just will probably never bet against them. I, I, maybe that's dumb, but obviously the bucks have the best roster. Uh, but we're talking about, you know, a 45 year old guy who is still playing at an extremely high level, but he's not Patrick Mahomes is all galaxy. So chiefs Packers confirmed as your Super Bowl, or do you have a, yeah. no, I mean, I'm, I'm set to leave Chiefs bucks, but you asked me, which uh, of the teams, the uh, Eric and I were having an argument about like the most hipstery picks. <laughs> to make to the Super Bowl because no one wants to go chalk, right? Like no one wants yeah, to go, yeah, it's going to be Chiefs box. Like, look at me, savant. So everyone, Eric has claimed that everyone has gotten kicks. on these, these hipster kicks with like the Browns apparently are his hipster Browns. Team. Yeah. I think the chargers are a uh, hipster the dip team and dots I've seen out good. there, which is and not. Now we've gotten into the dip and dots take and that's where you lose me completely. Um, okay. Let's uh, last football question here. Um, your one bold prediction for this season mm. i already i already gave this one somewhere i gotta think of a new one i don't want to give you my rehashed bold takes 
I said on Simmons that both Washington and Dallas make the playoffs, which oh. I, I thought was pretty spicy. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll come up with something else. Hmm. Okay. How about this? The Chargers not only make it in, but they win a playoff game. Wow. So confirm Mina Kimes a hipster. I, no, I look the, the reason that everybody picks the chargers every single year is because the chargers always have something going for them. And like, there's, there is a year like 2018, they were 12 and four and they want to play a road playoff game. Like they're, I mean, if Herbert takes the next step, I'm skeptical, but if he does, I mean, who's better, who's a better quarterback than Herbert. If he improves by 10%, Patrick, um, Patrick Mahomes, I, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Yeah, it's not that many, right? It's not yeah. that many. You know, the, the tricky thing for them is it's odd. It's in the division, right? Like that's, yeah. it's, it's classic Chargers fashion to find the, well, they, they had Rivers too, but like it's classic Chargers fashion to have landed some really good players and to still be significant underdogs to win their own division. Your boldest prediction, I think I know what it is because we already talked about this team. I, I think the Jets make a wild card in the <laughs> Yeah. You couldn't name a Jets corner literally like 10 minutes ago. That doesn't matter for the guy in the, in the birthday hats over here. I look, I agree that the Jets defense is going to be bad. I, but I, but I think that offensively for one, I, for one, I do firmly believe that the most important player to a defense is the, is the play caller. And I know that Salah is not calling plays, but I do think he is going to have a humongous influence on that defense. Um, and I think that the offense for Zach Wilson will be extremely quarterback friendly to a degree that we were all mesmerized by how Trey Lance's offense was going to, was going to be right. And we were all enamored by what Justin Fields could do in that offense too, for the Niners that we overlooked the fact that the jets, Vera Tucker, Mekhi Becton, you know, Van Rotten, you know, they go ahead and go get, um, Corey Davis. I, I think that this is this offense is going to be pretty effective. And like, and you look at, I think the AFC does have a lot of good teams, but I see teams like the Colts, the Titans, um, Patriots, Dolphins, Mina. I see some of those teams as being weaker than, than perceived. And if, if there's a seven spot open for a team, I could see the jets getting in that area. Okay. Nice. Wow. Uh, my bold prediction is that the uh, Jimmy G San Francisco 49ers make it to the Super Bowl. Heard it here, folks. <laughs> First, folks. <All> right. <laughs> That's called emotional hedging right there. Um, get you out of here on this. We do this with uh, all of our guests. and I, I'm not going to lie. I think this is the one I'm most excited to hear from. We give recommendations to our listeners, things that just like in our lives that have bettered our lives, can be anything from food mm. to podcast to a book you read to shoes you bought, doesn't matter. Um, give us a, uh, life-changing recommendation. Well, I'm a life-changing. Well, first I'll say the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny NFL podcast once a week, check it out wherever you get your pods. But beyond that, um, I am on season five of a show called the Bureau, which is basically a French. It's like the French CIA it's in French with it's has subtitles. Uh, it is excellent. It is very hard to watch. You have to buy the Sundance channel, (laughs) but it is worth it. Uh, you will love it. If you like, if you like, uh, you know, good writing, good acting, the French language, French stuff, detective stuff, international thrillers, highly recommend. I, I'm going to go check it out. Sundance channel. Go pick it up. I um, just started watching Only Murders in the Building. 
yeah. with uh, like um, like through like the the security a, cam. Or? No, it's a show oh. uh, with Martin Short and um, I'm blanking on the other comedian's name, um, which is unfortunate. And Selena Gomez. Oh, and uh, it's an interesting. It's an interesting show. I don't know that it's ready for a recommendation yet because they only have three episodes. I'm blanking, I'm blanking on the other comedian's name. Selena it, Gomez is quite no, a sentence. He's not the other one. Um, this oh, is, uh, only uh, calling the. I thought it, it's the pop star. Okay. Oh my god, I'm gonna Steve Martin. <laughs> I forgot Steve fucking Martin's name. Uh, it's Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. It's an interesting. Wow. Yeah. Good. So stay tuned. I'll let you guys know if I think it is a good recommendation. Mina Kimes, you can find her literally everywhere that ESPN has football content because, of course, um, anything in particular that we should watch out for this season? Just watch NFL Live Mondays. Well, it's every day during the week at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, watch Mina Kimes put uh, Dan Orlovsky back in his booster seat uh every day wait he had a good cookie take the other day he did yeah well about what look we're here to chart progress we're not here what was his cookie take he said that oatmeal raisin was better than chocolate chip oh yeah dan also went on our morning shows and argued with everyone that the best strategy for dallas on thursday was not to run the ball so look put some put put some respect on our man's name all right i guess i'm gonna have to recommend dan orlowski next episode um (laughs) Thank you, Mina. We appreciate it. Bye, guys. All right. Special thanks to Mina Kimes. She was incredibly generous with her time um, and uh, indulged us in a portion of the podcast that you will not find anywhere on social media because it is social media free. And that was how we got the unfiltered takes. What? Uh, Who would have known that you would have given the most incendiary take on that segment? I know. I, I'm taking, I'm, I'm mostly, I'm a pretty big, like respect the market guy, both in week one and overall, this is a place where I, I'm, I'm willing, I'm daring to be a Daniel, dare to stand alone, my dare bold, to have a purpose for my bold dare prediction to make it known, was, was the only one that was truly the, daring. uh, Mina, by the way, showing incredible savvy, incredible savvy, knowing that she doesn't need any of like the social media backlash of being, you know, whatever. No, Just she's pretty pre- well liked, so there's no reason to, um, yeah. to uh, in, you know, the one other bold prediction that I do have is not really that bold, but I think the Seahawks win the NFC West. And, like, I think Russell Wilson, again, is a good bet to be in the MVP conversation. Yep. You know, like, if you want to make a bold prediction for MVP, it's not Matt Stafford. It's, Brady's not really a bold one at this so point. Pete like Russell kind of reminds me of Jim in the office where he's looking between the the, the in the window yeah. and he's kind of smiling at the rest of the AFC, NFC West when shit hits the fan and like the they're all subject to perturbations in this division. But I feel like the Seahawks are the most resilient to them and always have been. In fact, probably because they create them for themselves more than anybody, and so that they're they're used to it. That, I mean, that's very true. They don't play. Um, they don't play a normal game. Normal games ever. That was our podcast. We'll be back tomorrow evening live after uh, Thursday night slash Sunday night football. Bucks, Cowboys. We'll do this and we'll talk about all the games for week one. We love you. Thanks for hanging out. Peace. In the dark, you shine.